Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and it seems to have been a bit of a week of confusion. We've had holiday based confusion and we've had lockdown based confusion but I'll get to, to all of that in due course. So let's kick off with a little bit of twangy guitar. <laughs> I was about to record a podcast on Saturday night um, when the news came through um, about Spain and the fact that um, from Saturday, from midnight on Saturday, anybody coming back from Spain who'd been on holiday was going to have to quarantine for 14 days because of the uh, rising incidence of, uh, of coronavirus in parts of Spain. Well, it was a blanket approach the government was taking, and it was taken with a very short amount of notice. I think it was about three, three or four or five hours notice or whatever, um, sort of from the announcement to the fact that it was going to be happening. So there have been people travelling to the airport in Spain to come home um, who, if they arrived back after midnight, were then going to have to start quarantining, having known nothing about it at the point when they were packing the suitcases before they set off for their journey back. Now, um, the government sort of defended its action in saying um, the, there's been a fairly significant rise in cases in, in Spain and therefore wanted to take decisive action. And that in itself is fine. Um, I, you know, I get, I get that. And, and if that's what the decision needs to be, it's what the decision needs to be. But um, the fact that Spain's um, coronavirus peak is only in certain parts of the country. And the fact that this this suddenly became a, a blanket approach where there's lots part, lots of parts of Europe uh, that have got the same rates of infection that parts of Spain have got didn't then seem to make an enormous amount of sense. And I think the other thing that's really, I guess, annoyed um, you know, or, or frustrated me in, in, in this process is that we didn't see this to a certain extent coming. So we were happy, more than happy a month, six weeks ago to basically be saying, you know, these places are open, we've created air bridges, everything's fine, go and book holiday. Um, and yet now um, there wasn't really an enormous amount of warning that, that the, if the government was going to take remedial action, it would take remedial action in the way that it's, it's, decided, it's decided to do that. Um, and of course, for us, that's thrown plants in at completely out because you know we're due to go to Spain at the uh, the last week of August and the first week of September and the part of Spain we're going to um, currently is uh, infection rate is is no different to the UK in fact probably arguably lower than you know than than, than where we are at the moment and, and where we were going in Spain was you know relatively safe because we got a villa booked and and we didn't really need to see or interact with anybody if if, if we didn't want to so um, that kind of framed a lot of conversation over the weekend. In fact, it framed pretty much all of the conversation over the weekend as we went round in circles about, you know, what we could possibly do. And we've still not arrived at any form of conclusion. And at the moment, we're just sitting waiting to see what actually happens. But I've got friends going to, um, I got friends going to uh, France this week, and you know, the conversation with them um, on Sunday was was very much well. 
we don't we don't know we don't know if 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 when we go we might have to quarantine when we 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 come back even though at this stage there's nothing to suggest that that anything's you know going to change um for us that essentially if the rules don't shift that means a cancellation because we're going so close to um the point in time when the schools are due to reopen um that that essentially by making the decision to go um you know if if we were able to go with the risk of quarantine would mean that the kids potentially would miss the first couple of weeks of of school when they got back so it's quite a complicated scenario at the moment and and a, a little bit uh, a little bit weird and and i i guess it that it felt like the very early stages of of where we were with lockdown where we didn't really know what was going to be happening from day to day it started to feel like you know day to day announcements and it felt a little bit like that on 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 saturday um so we'll i guess we'll just we'll just wait and see and and uh, and see if we can actually go away or not um uh, and if not I, I I don't know. I guess you know. There's, I mean, we have no God-given right to a, a holiday. Um, though I think uh, everybody's feeling that if they could get a break, they'd like one. So we'll ju- we'll we'll just have to you know play it play it by ear. Tuesday. It struck me today that July 2020 is the longest month I can ever remember. Um, every time I look at the date. I realise we're still in July and it feels like we've been in July for absolutely months. And I don't quite know why it feels like that. Um, I mean, all the stages of lockdown have felt like they have gone on sort of an indeterminate length. And it's it's crazy that it's still the summer. Um, you know, we're still not, in August yet, we've still got a lot of the summer holidays, the, the, the traditional school summer holidays uh, ahead of us. Uh, and yet, for whatever reason, I feel like it's been the summer for literally months and months and months. Um, so I don't quite know. Uh, I mean, I know when July is going to come to an end. It's going to come to end, you know, when we've had 31 days of it. But it feels like we've had 50 or 60 days of it already. So I don't, I don't quite know when July will, will ultimately come, come to an end and when we'll actually, we'll actually be in, you know, we'll actually be in August. Uh, and I, I, I kind of can't remember a period of, like this really where everything i mean as you get older time seems to absolutely rock it by and yet for whatever reason i feel like i've been sat out in the garden you know enjoying the summer for 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 literally you know an eternity so uh so yeah i I don't know i just i just found myself thinking you know grief it's the it's the uh it's it's the 28th of july today and 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 when's this month ever gonna ever gonna end? Wednesday. So the whole holiday scenario changed a little bit again today. Um, obviously, the, the the Spanish thing hasn't changed, and that's still all going on. Though there is a lot of talk now about um, why we can't regionalise that requirement in and out of Spain, and surely it's not beyond the wit of uh, the 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 wit of the authorities to be able to work out where somebody's come from 
you know, within Spain. And I accept the argument that, well, yes, you may have flown to one part of Spain and then travelled to another part of, part of Spain and then come back and therefore heightened the risk. But theoretically, while the border with other countries remains open, you could easily have flown into the, you know, the, the far south of, of France and crossed the border and come back. So I don't think that argument actually holds an enormous amount of enormous amount of water. And of course, if you've driven across Europe, you can go wherever you like. So... I don't. I think there's a there's a slight flaw in in saying that we can't actually look at Spain and say, well, do you know what? The vast majority of the holiday destinations are absolutely fine. So therefore, um, you know, if you fly in and out of Alicante, you're flying out of Malaga or what have you, you're absolutely fine. But if you're flying out of Madrid, Madrid or Barcelona, then then you've you've got to take extra precaution. So that that conversation seems to be moving on, which might you know which might change things. Um, but the real reason why um, the whole Spain thing and the whole holiday thing changed for us today is I got an email from EasyJet. Uh, and I got an email from EasyJet uh, proclaiming that it was cancelling uh, the flights, uh, except it wasn't cancelling the flights. It was cancelling one of the flights. So what EasyJet have done is they've written to us and said that um, there's some disruption to your holiday because your inbound flight, the flight bringing you back um, from Spain on on the you know whatever the, the Friday whatever the, that that Friday is fourth or fifth or whatever it is, um, that's been cancelled. So the current situation with EasyJet, which is which is absolutely you know bonkers, is that um, you can you can go to Spain and we're still flying and so what we're saying is that because we're still flying that and even though the the, the government is saying you should avoid non-essential travel we're still flying so therefore um, we're not going to let you have your money back on uh, the flight uh, that goes out because we're still operating that service uh, even though technically you're not allowed to go um, but what we have done is we've cancelled your flight back. So either this is a gift from us and we'd like you to have an extended holiday, or in reality, you kind of can't go, but you're going to have to do something and lose the money on the first flight, or you're going to have to you know, try and change the first flight or get some form of refund, uh, re- refund voucher rather than actually getting getting your money back. So it's an interesting ploy uh, by EasyJet. I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit bemused, sort of bemused by uh, by what they're actually doing. We'll wait and see how it it actually plays out. Um, but it was a bit bizarre when that email landed, and it said, you know, um, we we're cancelling one particular part of your planned travel um so thanks easyjet um you know and i'm normally a big defender of easyjet i think they're, they're great and i think compared with say ryanair i think easyjet in a different league i, I think uh, i think that i think they operate a you know a far better service for for not an enormous amount more more cash um so i'm normally a big defender but in this particular situation then actually i'm i'm left scratching my head a little uh, and again we're just sat waiting to see how it all plays out because over the fullness of time it will it will find a way of, of resolving itself obviously um but yeah it just just bizarre thing to to land in the inbox today thursday and so a week of bizarre announcements and bizarre changes and that fluidity of early lockdown uh, continues um, because 
uh, at whatever time it was this evening, you know, half past nine, quarter to ten, whatever, I don't know, it, 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 it was certainly late. Um, the health secretary, uh, Matt Hancock, um, tweeted, tweeted, didn't say this on public television, didn't, didn't make sure this was part of, uh, you know, anything formal, certainly wasn't a, a Downing Street briefing, which... Um, when the briefings went away, I think we were told that they would be reinstated for major pieces of news. Um, Mac Han- Hancock tweeted that, um, as from midnight, um, four million inhabitants uh, of the north of England would uh, have their um, lockdown or parts of lockdown put back in place. So there'll be more restrictions put back in place, which essentially meant that... Um, you couldn't have families other than the family living in the house to visit the house. So gatherings within the house and gatherings within the garden, um, as of uh, midnight tonight, they stop. And um, we're in a situation where we're back, we're back to, you know, it just being your family bubble, all the support, which I think was the original support, which was, um, you know, the one person you could add one person to your family. I think I've, I've I have no clarity. Add no clarity to that. Um, so we now we now faced with with turmoil again, and 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 the bit that's been really difficult to try and understand is what actually is trying to be achieved here. So um, tomorrow, um, my eldest son had planned to have um, two of his friends round to um, stay. They were they were going to come round and they were going to pitch tents in the garden. They'd each got a little tent. They were going to pitch the tents in the garden and they were going to sleep outside because the weather was looking looking great. And uh, and and one of these one of these friends is leaving. Uh, the school where they're all at and won't be around as much and he's he he's available this weekend and he has limited availability because he's a uh, he's a very talented tennis player so he's often out playing tennis and he's not around as much and and they've worked very hard as a bunch to keep friendship going and um you know and and they thought they'd have this this evening i think they were just going to sit in the garden and chat through the evening and chat late and you know relatively late into the night and then just fall into into sleeping bags and and that would be it um, so that that now that now has to stop. We we can't you know we can't do that. Yet we can still go to cricket training. So tomorrow evening we've got cricket training scheduled, which will involve a lot of people getting together around a cricket pitch, and um, and yet that and that can go ahead, and that's perfectly fine. Um, and yet you know and, and and yet the the other thing has to has to stop. And I think it's a little bit like. Um, talking about the the whole thing with Spain, in terms of it's been a blanket restriction. Kirklees, where I you know where I live, Kirklees is a is a big um, district council district council area, and it covers a lot of places. It doesn't cover a city. It covers a um, it covers you know Huddersfield, and it covers it covers um, Halifax, and it takes you over to you know um, Dewsbury in one direction, and it's a it's a big it's you know it's a it's a big area it's 30 40 miles worth of you know across worth of area i would guess i'm only guessing i think it's about 400 450,000 people but it's 
it's something that changes rapidly. So it's not a metropolitan area where you would say, well, actually, there's a high population density and, it, you know, there's, there's a similarity to the whole area. The whole area is, you know, is, 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 is massively different as you move, a, move across it. And the rates of infection where we live in the Cone Valley um, are, are low. Um, it's not one of the hotspots in the area. So we're at a point where, you know, and the whole whole idea is you know that other parts have uh, affected to support this that that there's a a, a a huge difference between incidence of infection across the entire north of england part they're talking about and yet we've got this very blanket uh, approach um so we'll wait and see over the next few days uh, how this actually works out but then we're back to this inconsistency. We're back to this inconsistency of what you can or, or can't do. You know, my understanding is that I could go and book a campsite for the, you know, for the boys to go and pitch their tents out and that would be fine, but they can't do it in the, in the back garden. It's okay to continue to go and do cricket and football training has been, has started and, and things like that. It's okay. I mean, you know, restaurants, bars, all that kind of stuff, still fine. Just, 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 just non-assemble in 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 the garden. Um, the house bit, yeah, okay, and I get the whole thing about. But if the the issue is that transmission is also easier easier in a house rather than you know uh, in an open space, then why are some of the things to do with um, closed spaces still still you know re- do they, why do they remain completely un unchanged? Um, so yes. I said I said earlier that it was um, that that it felt like a very fluid week and very much like the beginning of all this and all a little bit mixed and a little bit contradictory and and today's not changed that uh, in my mind. Friday. After such a strange week, it feels really nice to end it with something a little bit random. Um, and this came up today and has and has become my new big thing. So uh, after the Sports Direct um, uh, website, um, you know, shenanigans of last week, then uh, an equally, um, I suppose, frivolous um, thing that I was pointing in the direction of today is the fact that you can, there's a website you can go to, and I'll put the link of the, the, the website on the show notes, um, where you can basically have a look at every back catalogue or every back edition of the Argos catalogue. So somebody's gone through and and scanned, I guess, um, the the Argos catalogues going back as far as you can remember. Um, I imagine this is something to do with the fact they've announced they're going to stop they're going to stop making it. So um, so there's now this repository of every Argos catalogue um, that you know that that there's ever been, as far as I can tell. I'm not again, I'm not sure on the specifics, but there are a lot there. And and it is and it's a fascinating and really quite addictive thing to do. So I, I went and started looking on this uh, on this site, and I went for the kind of mid eighties um, catalogs because for me it was those those catalogs that you poured over when you were, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen, that kind of that kind of age. I don't remember doing it earlier. I know my kids have done it earlier, but I don't remember doing it earlier. But I remember studying this thing in minute detail. Uh, for months and months and months uh, in the run-up to any Christmas, or really at any point, you know, through the year, um, and to and to just have a, a sort of a virtual stroll back again through those pages 
was was illuminating and it was uh, and it was heartwarming um, when you when you started to reminisce about all the things that were part of everyday life at certain points so the one you know the one i was uh, looking at um i I think it was 85 86 the the one that i spent quite a lot of time looking at but it is marked because of things um like uh black and white televisions um like the old what we called midi systems so these were the first kind of all-in-one uh, hi-fi systems um, that had, had, a, had a, a record deck on the top, and then they had tape players and a radio uh, in kind of, and it was kind of a stack. Uh, and it, you know, had, some of them had graphic equalizers. And as, as time went on, you, that's where you started to get the first CD players incorporated. So, as we all started getting CD players in the mid '80s. Uh, that's where they all they all started to to to, to fall in uh, to see pages with car radios. I mean, I mean, you know, there's no such you know the thing of the past. Car car radios, everything's integral now. But to see car car radios and the fact that your options were a radio or a radio with a cassette deck, those were those were the options. Um, you know, um, video, not only videos, not only blank video cassettes to record onto and video recorders, but also those, um, those cases for videos. So we used to have blank videos that would come in a cardboard sleeve and you'd write on the end of, of what you recorded on it. Um, but then for whatever reason, there became this thing whereby you didn't want to look at those on the shelf because we kind of felt they didn't look very nice. So you've got these faux kind of um, book covers that, you know, the kind of classic book covers, the hardback books are the kind of red leather bound tomes. And these and, and except they weren't, they were plastic and they were vinyl. And you put your video cassette inside and you put it on the shelf. How the hell you knew what was in them, I haven't got a clue. Because the whole idea was that they had nothing on the spine. So if you wanted to find anything and you had 50 of these things, I guess you had to go through every single box and look at what you'd written on the videotape. Um, which then takes me back to the fact that there always used to be a piece of paper by everybody's videos. So because you used to record over them, that be that everyone would have a number on them. You'd have written, or you'd have put the little sticky numbers on, and then you had a piece of paper or a small notebook by your video drawer with what was on those tapes, and you'd have a number per page, and you'd be crossing out, you know, what you'd recorded, and 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 a reminder of what still was on that on that tape. And I'll never I'll never forget the whole thing of wanting to record something, and you were perhaps in the process of going out, and you'd then be looking hastily through your notebook to try and find a piece of space on one of these tapes, because, you know, unlike discs and heart and computers where you just you just hit record, and if you've got space, it's fine. You had to go and find a piece of space. So you might have a video cassette that might have half an hour in the middle, and you want to record something, you know, or you want to record Minder, which was an hour long, so you had to go and find a tape that had an hour on it. Um, you know, and then programming the exact the exact time. So the whole video thing was was you know was was fascinating as well to you know to to reflect on. And the the bit, and I guess the bit for the whole story for me uh, was when you I went back through the sports section. Uh, sorry, not the sports section, the toys section. The sports section, absolutely, there's always always fishing sets and golf clubs. But it went back back through the the toys section and looked at. Uh, so so there was a game I remember. Uh, that I think I had as a Christmas present around about this time, which was called Test Match Cricket. And it was kind of like Sabutio, but 
for cricket. And um, and it had a it, it, it had a bowler that had a, like half a, a half straw. Uh, if you imagine taking a straw and literally cho- chopping sort of uh, chopping it down the middle and using half of it a bit a bit like a pipe, and uh, and it had a ball bearing and you used to flick the hand of the bowler and it would put this ball bearing on this tube and it would send it down the tube at an angle, and then it would run along, you know the um, the sort of the green cricket pitch cloth that came with it and you'd have a batter at the other end, and the batter would have. Um, would have a little piece of a string that you used to pull back to make the bat work. And I remember hours and hours and hours of fun with this thing. It was by far the greatest game that I ever, I ever had. And to see this, this, you know, this game in that edition was just amazing. And then to go and find that you can still get a variant of it. There's a company, it's not the same company, but there's a company that make a, a fairly similar variant of it. Um, they've changed how the bowler works, but the batter seems to be working about the same and the rest of the game is the same. So I think, um, I think if we don't end up going on holiday, I think I'll probably end up treating myself to, um, to the current version of test match cricket. Um, but what a, f- what a fabulous little jog back through my childhood. So I would point you all to this website because everybody's got a year or a couple of years with a catalogue you will remember, whether it's the 80s, the 90s, the noughties, whatever it is, there'll be a year that you have a catalogue you can remember. And it's really worth going back and checking out those pages because you will remember them. You'll almost remember the sequence of them. Um, so uh, so what a great discovery. And whoever's done that and whoever's create, spent the time and effort to create that, then... I, I doff my hat because that is a that is a you know that is a, a, a real service to the community. Um, nice to leave it on that after a strange sort of week. Uh, I hope you're all well. Uh, I hope everything's okay in your world. I hope you're going to France, not to Spain, and I hope you find yourself in an area where um, where you 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 haven't you had your lockdown thrown into a little bit of turmoil. Um, and I'll look forward to speaking to you next week. <laughs> If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.